ladies and gentlemen, hear them pour. It's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WILK. Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Or good afternoon, I should say. No music today, Kathy Donnelly. What's up with it that? It didn't work. Oh. It would have been perfect, Were too. you going to play something really cool? Can you hum it? <laughs> oh, well. I don't know. A little dry. Right. That was awesome, though, anyways, Kathy Donnelly. Anyway, you can introduce oh, it. Oh, here's what would have played. Okay. Well, now we can't go back. No, you it's can't go done. back. <laughs> All right, welcome to the Beer Geeks Radio Hour here on WILK News Radio. It's always a pleasure to be here. It's a beautiful day. A lot of stuff going on in Northeast oh, yes. PA, Dirty Derek. Oh, you got the race going on. Everyone's out uh, drinking during that one. And they Waiting were an drinking days before as well. You yeah, see the Winnebago's and all the pictures <laughs> up on uh, social media. A lot of people are diehard for the race. I still have some tickets if anybody wants to stop by and grab them. Also, we got a killer comedy show going on in downtown Scranton tonight at the Radisson starts at 6.30 featuring the Reverend Bob Levy and uh, a couple other great comics. Bonnie McFarlane's going to be there. And uh, we have a local guy, my good friend Eddie Allen, who um, is making the comedy circuit. My good friend Kevin Lepka putting on this show. Tickets are still available for that. I have some tickets if people want to come and grab them as well. I'll definitely hook you up. It wouldn't hurt to laugh a little bit, especially no. in downtown Scranton, <laughs> and you get to do so. This comedy show at the Radisson uh, featuring the Reverend Bob Levy as his own radio show it was on Howard Stern. Very, very funny man, and uh, he's got one hell of a lineup there for you. If you're down with some Sunday night comedy, I think you should be. And my good friend Eddie Allen, who's crazy, He's been up here and before on the show um, when we were across the hall. He stopped oh, in to visit that's us. Right, that's yeah, right. he's yeah. nuts. Just look at his face. <laughs> and he's got one of those rubber faces. Um, that's a lot of fun uh, when you're doing comedy, at least. He just he freaks me out with some of the faces. He could be like a ghoul on Scooby-Doo or something like that. He's got one of those kind of faces. <laughs> Excellent. Derek, we have some beer news going on in the world. Yeah, we got a lot going on today. Uh, today we're going to be talking with uh, Duclaw Brewing Company. We're talking to owner Dave Benfield and brewmaster Jim Wagner. And uh, so that's a lot of great beer from them. And I actually just poured some. As I'm working through the beer news, I poured some of their funk, which is a really nice. It's a nice uh, blueberry wheat with a little bit of lemon put in there. So this is a really good summer beer, 5%. So we're going to be sipping on that. We're going through some beer news. So, uh, you know, one of the things that's interesting to see that's out there in America is the lovely beer laws that we have because they get so, uh, I don't think convoluted is even the way uh, I would best describe them, just absolutely insane. Uh, actually, in New Hampshire this week, uh, Governor Maggie Hassan, I'm going to say that's how you pronounce her name, uh, just recently passed a law that any beer uh, labeling that has babies on it, on a bottle of any manner whatsoever, is uh, now going to be illegal and not be able to be sold in the state. So you're not going to be able to get any of that wonderful Founders Breakfast out anytime soon. And the, the reason being is it, they, she said it undermines the fight against underage drinking. Uh, yeah, because, you know, there's a lot of babies that are trying to like, walk you in and keep those up. bottles away from my 13-day-old daughter. I know yep. she was staring at some of the commercials going, is that what they are really wasting their time uh, with, that, that is Le the actual, legislation? Yep, that is the actual mm. statement they'd made, too, that it undermines the fight against underage drinking. Gee, I wonder yeah. how long that bill wavered, uh, you know, uh, around before anybody wanted to do these anything. these people are paid. That's what amazes me. These people are doing this and they're paid. Somebody elected <laughs> this person that looked at yeah. a bottle of beer and saw a baby on it and took it upon themselves 
to, to just run up. wild and make sure yeah. that there is never anybody under 21, especially an infant, on a bottle of beer. Thank you very much. The world is a lot yep. better place. We're now safer. Everything yeah, is good. Yeah, everything is great. I'm glad. I wonder if that was something they stood upon when they were running for office. <laughs> that you think that was platform, one of their yeah. um, platforms there, Derek? <laughs> it should have been. Mm. Now, speaking of wonderful platforms, Pepsi, you know, the wonderful uh, soda company, is jumping on the craft wagon. They are coming out with a new line called Stubborn Soda right. that's going to, quote-unquote, pour like a beer. And it's going to be only available on draft. Uh, they're going to have some weird flavors of black cherry with tarragon, root beer, lemonberry, acai, uh, agave, vanilla cream, orange hibiscus, and pineapple cream. So they haven't said like where it's going to be, but it's going to be draft only. So it'll be interesting to see what they're doing. I but, love that uh, name. Stubborn soda. Yeah, that's what they're calling stubborn I love soda. I don't know if it's going to be Pepsi Stubborn. It just says stubborn soda. They have they've unveiled this much, and that is all they will unveil. They're not wow. taking anything else out. Uh, so let's get into some new beers that are coming out now. Some of these I have sitting down in the basement. Some of them I have tried, which is great. Uh, Odell Brewing Company, a you know, former guest on the show, they have their Barrel mm-hmm. Thief, which is an imperial IPA aged in some bourbon or no, just oak barrels that they've had. Right. I have a bottle sitting in the basement and try that. And another one's great. Terrapin, another former guest, uh, has their Maggie's Blackberry. Cobbler Farmhouse Ale, which I actually tried the other day and is absolutely phenomenal. If you want to try that, if you're going to Saison's, uh, it's just a really great one. And Sam Adams, we've talked about on here before, their long shot competition for homebrewers. They just came out with uh, their long shot line from the winners from last year. So you got some really great homebrewers that are now available commercially. That's really, really cool. So we got a lot going on. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, if you want to ever waste some time or just get aggravated, uh, if you want to just search beer laws, and uh, wow. just see some of the stuff that some of these states are spending their time and tax dollars on. It's insane. Oh, it's it's ridiculous. And they had a vote, and they passed yeah. the bill. I wonder if it made the front page in that area Who knows? about that baby it, on the it, bottle. I can't get past and that. And there's been Derek. stuff like that, too, before in other states where they've made those yeah. kind of claims about that's, what, that's what's ruining society. It's just in order that, you know, someone's going to walk in and confuse that there's, like, cartoons you right. can't have. It's just so many things that's just... The labeling is just ridiculous. It was the people. demise of Joe Camel Dog <laughs> back in the true. day when they started with the smoking. Actually, and, I remember when I was a kid, I had a Joe Camel pencil holder in like fourth grade. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, Derek, <laughs> I, I can't recall any child walking around with a Joe Camel doll nope, not or a Joe Camel lunchbox or any kid that thought Joe Camel was cool. Now, granted, if I knew who Joe Camel was and if I was given something, I might have taken it. I, I you, think you I know was what I given mean? it. it was, I think it was one of my uh, friend's parents who used to, not the Marlboro Mile, it was the Camel Points or whatever they do when you can get stuff. Oh, I definitely. think one of them was a kind of pencil holder and for some reason thought, oh, this little nine-year-old. <laughs> well, it's it, it's a pencil holder. Oh, yeah. It's a place it to put to your I didn't damn know what, I didn't know what any of that was. I never I, walked into a room and saw Superman, uh, Spider-Man, Joe Camel. You know, never, but whatever. No, it's whatever. it's all good. So let me, let me get into some of this beer. Like, as right, I said, get into some of this beer. While I was doing the beer news, they poured a little bit of Duclaw. They have this wonderful beer. It's called Funk. Now, it's it's an American pale wheat. It's 5% or no, 4.5% or 5%. Let me see here. 5%. That okay. would be a session beer. Yeah, it's definitely, it's it's a really nice summer one, too, because it, it's actually on there. It's got blueberries in it, but they're subtle. All these flavors are very subtle within this one, but it has really wonderful notes of, like, some fresh blueberries and a little bit of lemon kicking around, which just gives it this really nice summer twist, a little bit of that citrus zest. This is a great one to have when you're out there, you know, 
Yeah. And it's it's unfortunately that backyard Billy is yeah. either running late or not going to make the show because he got stuck up somewhere on Interstate 80, which really, really bites. He would probably really, really enjoy this bear right now. I would think he would because I don't know what they've been doing, but uh, anytime you're doing any kind of work or any manual labor, it's really nice to have a very refreshing kind of light beer. Yeah. This fits the bill completely, and it's not, there's fruit notes, but it's not, I would not say it is a fruit beer. Right. Because that's, uh, some people are not fans it's of It's not that. overwhelming. Yes. All right. It's very subtle and just a nice backing note. So if you're not into a fruity beer, that means there's a possibility you could still like this even with the fruit notes. Yes. Awesome. Definitely. Great. Yeah, there, there's a lot within this. And so that's what I like with it because, I mean, I'm not a big fruit beer fan, uh, and that's what's nice to have one that has those notes without being overly sweet. Right, right. That, that's what happens a lot of the fruit beers. They just become far too sweet and just not enjoyable. Pretty much a session beer that's on the borderline, so even yes. if you have a specific taste or a style of beer, this is something you can find enjoyable, especially... Um, you know, we really like putting out those beers that are for the guy out there that's going to work on the garden, that's going to cut the grass, that yeah. might be building a retaining wall or something, and you don't want just the basic domestic beer. This is something that you could really, really enjoy. And Yeah, that's not, a, we, we've talked about down here before. A lot of the breweries starting to go more towards sessionable sure. beers because, you know, the high-octane beers can kind of be too much, especially now we're getting into summer. I mean, this is the time where yeah. you want to have that because, you know, if you have to get some stuff done around the house and you have something that's, you know, 12%, <laughs> You're not really going to get much done around. You the can house. have an enjoyable drinking experience. Yeah. Excellent, uh, Kathy. I think I might. I know that we have our our guests that are being lined up. I think I want to take a break now, and then I want to come back. And then I would love to jump in with our guest. And I just want to tell you, if you're cruising in the area, my man, Eric, Eric T, telling funny jokes at that Grey Ghost beer, Derek, at the convenient market. Gotta hear you got some killer pizza and a killer deli in there. You walk in, it is cafe style, over 190, I believe. Uh, so many, maybe even a lot more than that. Uh, domestic uh, microbrews, uh, imports, and of course, craft beer. Stop in and see my man, Eric. He is the man. He'll tell you a very, very funny joke. The Convenient Market, the Grey Ghost Beer Building, right there on Main Street in Avoca. Funny jokes and great beer. And try a Grey Ghost Beer. We got to have him on the show in the next couple of weeks. Oh, we will. But uh, definitely, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back with our guests and we're going to talk about these fabulous beers you have in the studio today. People are drinking up. It's all good on the Beer Geeks Radio Hour, WILK News Radio. Have you been searching for the perfect engagement ring or an exquisite gift for a special occasion? Rainbow Jewelers is where you'll find it. Rainbow Jewelers, consistently voted the number one jeweler in the Wyoming Valley, has a large selection of GIA and EGL certified diamonds, engagement rings, necklaces, bracelets, and earrings. Rainbow Jewelers also has wedding bands, birthstone jewelry, mother's rings, all high quality at the best price. Plus, they sell citizen brand watches and offer jewelry repairs. Rainbow Jewelers, 789 Wyoming Avenue, Kingston. Open Tuesday through Saturday. What if there was a job where you could laugh, learn, and love by changing the lives of the people you work with and maybe even your own? With a career as a caregiver at Home Instead Senior Care, you can help families by offering individualized care for their aging loved ones. Hours are flexible and training is provided. Call 570-586-5288 or visit homeinstead.com slash NEPA. The Target Chopper. Savings in the mail. Why should you drive a Mazda as opposed to any other vehicle? Well, Wyoming Valley Motors Mazda wants you to find out for yourself. They want to dare you to compare all year long. 
they're so sure you're going to prefer a Mazda, they'll even pay you to take a test drive. That's right. They'll give you a gift valued at $50 to take a test drive all year long. Maybe a fancy dinner, a gas card, concert tickets. Check out their ad in the Target Shopper magazine and see for yourself why Wyoming Valley Motors Mazda is daring you to compare. They'll give you a gift valued at $50 to take a test drive all year long. Wyoming Valley Motors, Route 11, Larksville. Some restrictions apply. See dealer for details. to find a beer you truly enjoy is becoming a rather daunting task. Everywhere you turn, another beer, another company, another slogan, another gimmick. Here at Anzalone Special Beer, we decided our gimmick was going to be, well, good taste. Perhaps not the most creative of gimmicks, of course, but certainly the most flavorful. Anzalone Special Beer. Good taste is our gimmick. Anzalone. <coughs> If you're looking to get cash for your broken and unwanted jewelry, go to a reputable jeweler who's been in business for a long time, not one that appeared because the price of gold went up. Bring your broken and unwanted jewelry to Rainbow Jewelers. They're professionals and deal directly with the refiner. Rainbow Jewelers will tell you what your gold's really worth and pay you what it's really worth. Rainbow Jewelers, 789 Wyoming Avenue, Kingston. Open Tuesday through Saturday. Radio Hour on WILK News Radio. Been a lot of fun here. No backyard Billy, no Polish Ed today. He's out in New England somewhere, and Billy's set up on Interstate 80. Billy's out in the woods. But we do have a very special interview. We have two gentlemen on with us today from Duclaw Brewing Company, and we do have Mr. Jim Wagner and Dave Benefield here. Going to talk with Dirty Derek. How you doing, gentlemen? Hey, doing, doing well. well. Thanks for having us. Outstanding. Uh, we got it to work. We were we were kind of on the fence if this is going to all collapse. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not with crazy Kathy behind the board, man. Look at her. She's all ready to go. Welcome, gentlemen, to the show. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, now, let's, let's dive into this a little bit. Dave, first, when did the brewery actually open? Uh, we opened in 1996 as a brew pub in uh, just about 30 minutes north of Baltimore. Now, when you open at that point, uh, what was kind of, I mean, Maryland's kind of still up and coming. What was the craft beer landscape like at that point as you're getting into doing something like this? Uh, nothing like today. <laughs> um, uh, back that time, uh, porters, just standard robust porters were pretty much the cutting edge if you look at stuff. And um, there wasn't uh, a whole bit of experimentation. Um and uh, the one thing is trying to make it approachable at that time and not trying to be too out of control. In fact, we did a bourbon barrel barley wine at the time and wow. kind of blew people's minds and they wondered why the hell we'd ever do that. <laughs> so was there a lot of uh, education going forth on your end to, to you know get people to come in onto this as well? Uh, yeah, a tremendous amount. Um, in fact, we were geared up with a lot of beers to help transition people from the you know the macro beers out there and kind of show them and walk them up the ladder. What was the inspiration for you then starting this out? Because, I mean, now you can see a lot more. There's a lot more out there, a lot more available for people to try. So at that point, what was the inspiration for you to going into to doing something, you know, against the grain, if you will? 
Well, it kind of started in college. Uh, that's how I got into homebrewing. A friend of my roommate actually brought a homebrew kit back from a winter break, and we started brewing. And by the time we graduated, we were giving away all of our, our beers and just getting pretty good at it. And we kind of felt we could do this for a living. And uh, yeah, we just kind of took it off from there. And um, and then it was... Uh, more was better for us to kind of put it into a restaurant form rather than just bottle and send it out because at that time it was impossible to get distribution as a craft beer, a small craft beer company. Now, when you first start homebrewing, you know, the lovely thing we all do when we first get out is, you know, dumping those first ones because we don't know what's going on. What was kind of the the first batch that you remember having that you're like, I think I can do this. I think I got this. Um, Well, it got to a point in my senior year that um, how we were at our college, our dorm rooms were on the first floor, so we almost had a little takeout window there. People would just come in. <laughs> um, and the one thing we really preferred to brew a lot were kind of American-style pale ales. And that just is where it was, where that same batch or that same recipe every weekend was gone, and we didn't get time to drink it ourselves. So you and guys had the, uh, the popular dorm then, I would say. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so, now, Jim, when did you come on into the fold with all of this? I came on board in uh, 98. Okay. Now, were you involved with anything prior to that, like another brewery? or? I was not. I actually left the medical field oh, wow. and uh, was an avid home brewer at the time and uh, was in the right place at the right time and met Dave and the rest is history. So did you two meet like at a homebrew club or something like that or just for mutual friend, mutual friends? Now, well, I'll try to condense this story as much, <laughs> much as possible because Dave can vouch that I can become very long-winded on <laughs> stuff like this. But his uh, college roommate that he was talking about, I uh, entered a homebrew competition, God, many moons ago and won that and uh, was able to brew uh, a seasonal with him at his brewery, which at the time, you may remember it, it was Brimstone Brewing Company um, in Baltimore. Okay. Uh, and again, that's going, uh, what, 18, 19 years ago? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, was able to do that. And uh, after, after the seasonal was released and all the hype died down, you know, just went back to normal work and normal life. And then uh, several months later, he gave me a call and said, look, I have a... a friend of mine that needs a brewer up in uh harford county and uh i think you're a good fit for it and uh went up there met dave and that's kind of how it took off that was condensed very well done (laughs) (laughs) i left a lot of details out (laughs) now one of the things that definitely stands out with with you guys is just this you know uh you know you have it on all the 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 caps the craft be cherished rules be damned was there anything when you guys first started that you were going you know you hear a lot of breweries that they were primarily english or german or were you always kind of from the get-go screw style guidelines i just want to make what what i enjoy and like experimenting Uh, that's that's pretty much it although you know it's always a fine line with myself and even the rest of the brewers at the brewery. We, we like both sides of that coin. You know, we really like to get out there and go crazy and make things that most people think would just not work. Mm-hmm. But uh, we also are very, uh, uh, you know, there's a place in our heart for the traditional styles that we, uh, you know, that we kind of grew up on. Kind of like Dave was saying, you know, 15 years ago, it was, you know, oh, a robust porter, that's crazy talk. <laughs> and, uh, you know, these are the traditional styles that we still have a, a fondness for in our hearts. In fact, uh, we have a new series of beers coming out. We're calling them Foundation Series. And the first one in that series is going to be a German-style Kolsch. Oh, wow. And it is going to be 100% uh, as 
close to classic style as we can possibly make it. Uh, you know, and uh, we just want to make sure that uh, people know that yeah, we can do we can do some wacky stuff, but we also have uh, a good line of traditional beers if that's something you enjoy. Yeah, I think that's a great thing to see. A lot of these uh, kind of I guess forgotten styles in this craft beer craze people are kind of passing over, which is a good segue into the one I'm having now. I'm having your, your morgasm. It's nice to see the use of a, a blonde ale, which is a style I love, but you kind of see passed over by a lot of breweries. What was kind of the thought with doing this and adding a little bit of that grapefruit zest into it? Absolutely, yeah. Well, um, you pretty much nailed it there. You know, a blonde ale, easy drinking, this time of year, very refreshing. Uh, you know, I heard you guys talking about uh, session beers and, you know, summertime. And, you know, when I'm around the house doing yard work, getting things done, uh, yeah, I'm unlike my wife, I'm not diving into a Russian Imperial style. She will. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why I married her. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a lucky man. <laughs> that's right. But, yeah, I'll stick with the, uh, I'll stick with the blondes and the Kolsch's and the, uh, the session beers and uh you know it, it's great because i enjoy drinking beer and it's uh it's very rarely anymore that you know i'm out there just trying to uh trying to get a an alcohol buzz on I'm, I'm i'm drinking for the flavor i'm enjoying them and uh you know that that lets you do that uh when you know you actually have some responsibilities to do yeah <laughs> now what was the idea with putting the grapefruit was that to complement the hops or was that just something you'd always been kind of tinkering with because of being yeah. more summer yeah, you know, a little bit of both. I mean, you know, summertime, uh, uh, an interesting flavor that's not overdone out there. You know, it's one of those it's one of those fruits that you 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 hear people use uh, several breweries, you know, throughout uh, the country, but not over in abundance uh, like raspberry. Uh, you know, everybody yeah. everybody's throwing raspberry in, and they're it's it's a great fruit. But we we just wanted to um, kind of set ourselves apart a little bit and you hit the nail right on the head that grapefruit as you know you probably know complements uh those pacific northwest hop flavors and uh uh, you know, just accentuates that grapefruit and uh, the, both the aroma and the flavor and just adds a little bit more pizzazz to a style that is not necessarily known for a citrusy hop profile. Yeah, it's it's nice, too, because, you know, I've said on here before, I, w I was never one to have, you know, grapefruit for breakfast like some people used to do. I remember my father used to do when I was a kid. I, I like it that it's very subdued. It's not uh, overwhelmingly grapefruit-y, as some beers tend to be when they go a little too heavy-handed with the fruits. Absolutely, and you know it's always it's always treading that fine line because we'll we'll uh, you know I, I feel the vast majority of people uh, that try that beer uh, feel the same way you do, but you'll occasionally get somebody that oh man the grapefruit's overwhelming, or you'll get the exact opposite. I'm not getting any grapefruit at all, but you know I think uh, we're happy with it, and that's kind of back to the uh, you know the crappy cherish rules be damn thing. Yeah. We we got to brew beer for ourselves, and we get it where we want it, and then we really just hope everybody else likes it, and. Uh, take it from there. Yeah, when you go by that, you, you can't uh, ever worry about, you know, nonsensical people on the beer advocate things. <laughs> if you're doing it for yourself, then it doesn't matter what they have to say. So, Taking a step back, Dave, where did the, the name come from? What was the inspiration for the name for Duclaw? Oh, the stories on that. <laughs> um, uh, the, uh, the basic just came in the time and how we look at all of our beers right now is we wanted something that didn't really mean anything. We believe that uh, people's relationship with the beer is real intimate. You like IPAs or you hate IPAs. And so we wanted you to be able to form your relationship with us and not kind of determine the message out there. That way you can really make a connection. 
also, Vera, I was 26 at the time when we uh, opened, and so when I was 24 and we were putting everything together and came with idea, we wanted something that had the craft side of it or, you know, had a history, because that was really a big thing back in the, res- the resurgence of craft beer coming after Prohibition. And then we also wanted something that said cutting edge at the time. So in a 24-year-old's mind, Claw had this aggressive sound. It was cool. It was cutting edge. And goo sounds like Dubois or whatever French term that put a lot of class together. And we smashed it together. And everybody was like, what does it mean? I don't get it. And we're like, oh, it just sounds cool. And everybody just kind (laughs) of went with it. And that's how it happens. So you missed an opportunity. You could have made up some crazy good story right there. Well, that's what we got going on. So I was telling you guys the truth. But right now, we actually have about 16 or 17 different stories that we we recycle through there. Yeah, now that'd be a lot more fun to screw with people. Yeah, exactly. And then just see it and then uh, other people talking about it, reciting and see which one's catching on. Oh, yeah. I've got a ton of them. <laughs> so leading off of that, like, how about the inspiration for the the names of these beers? Because you guys are, are, you know, all over the place with these, and they're very interesting and unique and, and very different. What, where's the thought process? Is this a collaboration with you guys? or? Uh, sometimes it is. Um, usually we have a kind of a champion behind the beer, a guy who starts it, um, puts it in. and uh, But we like to kind of embody the beer in themselves and, and uh, so a lot of them just come as we're sitting around drinking and somebody comes up with a name or how it represents. So, for example, Dirty Little Freak, when we were doing our test batches, coconut, caramel, chocolate, brown ale, uh, which is a lot like the Samoa cookie. And so are the Girl Scouts. And then for whatever reason, as we're thinking Girl Scouts and alcohol, that name pops in your head and then it sticks. And so we, uh, we, we kind of just come up with some... Um, and put them out there, and that's how we think of them. And uh, sometimes they're names that have existed. For example, we have a beer called Devil's Milk, which is one of Jim's original recipes, which is uh, he's had that name in before he started working for us. Um, And others come up from friends or or people around the brewery. They taste them or talk about them and throw those names out. Well, that was a perfect segue because I actually just cracked open a little bit of Dirty Little Freak. So what was the inspiration behind this? Was this you were trying to replicate that that cookie, like the small cookie, or was there something? Because to me, it almost tastes like, I don't don't want to put words in your mouth. To me, it kind of comes across as almost like a a bourbon barrel aged without that beef and that heat. It's really nice. It's like Mm -hmm. almost like a session bourbon barrel aged beer, the way it's done. Yeah, it gets it, especially because a lot of times in the bourbon beers, you get the coconut flavor. And that's really coming through. Yeah, for us, we had one of our brewers there trying to kind of replicate that flavor together, and especially, and I'm one of them, if you like coconut, mm-hmm. we we were trying to bring that flavor in and work on something that was drinkable but still had a good bit of flavor to it. That's got to be a very device, because I know coconut's a very divisive flavor for some people. Were, were there issues with that up front when you first released this one? Oh, yes, and there always is. So you can't, we always had a uh, kind of a saying is either we want you to love it or we want you to hate it. We don't like in between. And so we know we're going to have some people that just don't like it at all, but we brew it for that small amount of people that really love it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you you hit the nail right on the head. Coconut is one of those uh, flavors that can be very polarizing with people. And I also think that a lot of people, their flavor threshold on that particular sensation that coconut gives uh, varies so dramatically to where you may feel it's a hint of it. And at that same level, uh, you know, I I could think it's overwhelming. So you, you, you just try to... Blend it in with the body of the beer, in this case, the brown ale, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, 
just try to mold the beer, sculpture it. And uh, we played around with the recipe quite a bit, uh, getting the flavors where we wanted them. And, uh, yeah, finally settled on where it is today. Yeah, I think that's one of the issues I see with within the craft beer market, the way things are going, because everyone's trying to go bigger and better. Like we've had Garrett Oliver on, and, and Garrett had said, like, you know, a lot of these beers now are getting into being what he was calling challenge beers. Like, we dare you to drink this because of whether it's, you know, 10 million IBUs or whatever. Mm. <laughs> it, it, but I think some people forget balance along the ways and, like, having that nice balance between the flavors that, you know, maybe some people want a coconut bomb and some people want just a hint of it. And if, when you're trying something like this, to find that middle point is really difficult with certain flavor profiles. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, the one thing we're most proud of in Dirty Little Freak is what you're talking about is that balance is, yes. even though it has the coconut sweetness and the caramel, the finish comes in. It's got that little of that chocolate bittersweet bite, and that balances out all that sweetness on the front end, even though there's not a ton of it in the front end, mm -hmm. just so it can be, you can go back again and again and not get worn down. Yeah, it definitely doesn't fatigue or anything. Now, taking a step backwards in time again, what were, because I want to see this leads into where you guys are now, what were kind of the beers that got you into wanting to do craft beer? Like, you know, at that point in the 90s, like what were some of the beers that you guys were trying that, that uh, opened your, your palates? Back then, well, back then a big one um, that first burst on the scene because I was drinking craft, I guess it started in 90, 91, 92, uh, was Pete's Wicked was a huge one back then for us around here, and of course Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and then um, uh, one of the big ones for me at the time that was kind of a uh, a game changer, uh, still being made, um, and he still ran Bob Tupper's Tupper's Hot Pocket. Um, uh, that is, you know, that that beer when it hit the uh, when it hit the scene, it was definitely a game changer for me. Going going further back then, and especially staying here on the East Coast. Um, Wild Goose, when they were uh, on the Eastern Shore in Cambridge, Maryland, they did a uh, a winter beer called Snow Goose, and uh, it was definitely ahead of its time. Just a uh, a really big uh, English style strong ale that uh, just had wonderful flavors and aromas to it. Now, when you first get in, got into doing home brewing, were you guys trying to kind of replicate those, or were you taking them and were you immediately starting to tinker with stuff a lot? Uh, yeah, it's just my nature to tinker. Uh, you know, but both Dave and I. But you know, I I, uh, I really tend to be very uh, competitive. So, <laughs> in fact, when I when I was mm. still doing uh, home brewing, um, you know, I'd, I'd be in the basement every weekend, and uh, my goal at the time, when I again before Duclaw was to win a. Uh, a homebrew competition in every state and I think by the time I kind of stopped homebrewing and made it a career I think I was up to 19 states where I had a medal in <laughs> so uh, you know one of these days maybe I'll get back into it and try to finish it <laughs> hey, and that, that was back when uh, I don't read I don't remember them but uh, I know at the time I think it was illegal still homebrew in several states oh yeah definitely yeah there was only i think they just it was last year i think it finally just finally was legal in all 50 exactly i believe you're right yeah so wow that's so you might not have been able to even if you really tried <laughs> that's right so now, since you started doing this uh before jim david do you guys still collaborate a lot on the recipes or is there like do you walk in and tell him like i want to do this and jim kind of sets about the recipe or is it all collaboration along the way uh, usually it's uh, Jim and we have uh, four other brewers. Um, and like I was saying before, they're usually a brewer that comes in with something and champions it. Uh, here's the reason for this beer and being. Um, and then they go through a series of test batches, and then the group of us gets together and 
we go back and forth and debate the quality. So yeah, and it, it's this sounds a little cliche-ish, but I, I tell the guys, and I, I try to, I try to make sure this gets driven home with them. Um, you know, thick skin. Um, you're going to make beers. You're going to try some experiments, and when we try them, don't uh, you know. Say what you want to say. If you absolutely hate this beer, let let everybody know. I'll, you know, and one thing I think people uh, uh, tend to do is if they feel that you are at a higher level as far as educational uh, level about your profession or about the beer industry, they tend to follow rather than yeah. form their own opinion. So I'm always telling people don't don't listen to the fancy words that I'm saying when I'm I'm critiquing a beer. Say what you. You know, you truly feel. And along those lines, we get other staff members involved, not just the brewers. We'll go up to the marketing, uh, our marketing girls. Um, we'll go uh, to our finance guy. But <laughs> in the, whatever he says, we do the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as long as he's there serving a purpose. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so what, what is, like, your biggest selling beer now at the brewery? Sweet Baby Jesus is okay. our chocolate peanut butter porter. Yeah, by far. So I just actually poured that one another perfect segue. What was the thought with doing this? Because I mean, now you're starting to see a lot more of these peanut butter beers coming online. But I remember when Sweet Baby Jesus, especially in our market up here, first hit, like you couldn't find it on the shelves anywhere. It was just flying off the shelves. What was the thought you had when you were starting to, to tinker with putting peanut butter in the beer? Well, you know, again, just uh, it's kind of full circle. We're, we're always trying to think of something that most people would just dismiss right off the bat and say, oh, that ain't going to work, <laughs> and somehow try to implement it into a beer. And uh, don't get me wrong, we've had a lot of failures, but, uh, you know, if you, don't, if you don't step out of that comfort zone and that, that uh, area that you, oh, yeah, that, you know, ras- like we were talking about with raspberry and mm-hmm. fruit, sure it works. And uh, there's a lot of great ones. But, you know, we, we like to get out there and try some different things. And uh, it just happened to work for us. And at first it didn't. There were, there were, several, uh, there were several trial runs where the, the flavor profile just wasn't right. And it took a, a good bit of tweaking. And, uh, you know, to even choose the porter as a base, uh, as, you know, say, opposed to a stout or a, a brown ale, um, that, that played a, a big role in the, the recipe formulation as well. No, was it a diff- Was there a lot of experimenting with you know the peanut butter? Did you try using just regular peanut butter? Because I'm assuming did you use PB two in this? Like the nope, no, oh, no, oh, we well. don't. We do not use that. Um, and of course, you know, as you probably know, you can't use regular peanut butter because yeah. of the oils in it. Yeah. You would just create it would be a mess. nasty. <laughs> right, right. Yep. But uh, yeah, there was uh, there was a lot of. Uh, a lot of trial and error and working with uh, several different suppliers just to, and finally, you know, uh, coming down to the recipe that we use today. And, uh, you know, we hold it very dear to our hearts because we think it, it's spot on. Yeah, it's, it's really smooth, which is nice, too. And it's not overly sweet. Again, like that's the one thing I can definitely say you guys have gotten balance within the beers, which is nice with these flavors that you're experimenting with. You still keep that balance because some of the beers, you know, that get into this can be either overly sweet or, like I said, like, you know, they're going for flavor bombs instead of balance. And that's what's I, I think nice. you, nail, you nailed that on that beer. One thing about Sweet Baby Jesus I can't agree with you more is it's not a sweet beer. Yeah. Uh, people, I think, get a preconceived mo- notion when they hear chocolate and peanut butter. Oh, this thing's just going to be over 
little over-the-top sweet. And, you know, just not the case. Now, with that said, I prefer it as a dessert-type beer with something sweet. And, you know, it's not something I'm probably going to be drinking a six-pack of. But we get emails all the time. You know, this is my only beer. This is what I drink all the time. And I'm like, okay, hey, if that floats your boat, that's awesome. Oh, we're happy. We're happy to have you on board. It's definitely as you see. So before we wrap this up, how many states, where are you guys distributed at now so people can find your beers? Uh, we're in uh, eight states. So we're in all of Maryland, uh, all of PA, all of New Jersey, Delaware, um, all of West Virginia, I mean, all of West Virginia and Virginia, in the middle area of North Carolina between Raleigh, Greensboro, and Charlotte. And just a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago, we launched in the Cleveland area of Ohio. So you're, you're still going to be expanding again to it the next year? Do you have stuff yes. up? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, we are, we're hoping by the end of this year we'll have, we'll have full distribution throughout Ohio um, and then see where we go from there. It's, we opened our new brewery um, in uh, April of 2013. Our original brewery was very small. So the expansion happened in 2013, so it's been a pretty quick ride. So. Wow. Well, you're doing very well, and, and guys, I really appreciate you taking the time to give us a call today and work through a lot of these beers. They're phenomenal, and cool. we're going to be ending with some retribution and colossus. Oh, <laughs> the time. big boys. Yeah, I'm looking forward. <laughs> if you want to tune in, you might hear a train wreck happen. Oh, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them take this on, so it's going to be pretty good. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time on a Sunday afternoon. Wonderful having the guys from Duclaw Brewing Company on with us, and we're getting thank the whole guys. big fat skinny. That was great, gentlemen. Thank you very much, Jim. Thanks, thank you very Cheers. much, Dave. Thank you for having us. Anytime, gentlemen. Wow, that was awesome, Derek. It's a good time. They have a lot of stuff going on there, which is great. And it's, a, it's a nice to see, like, you know, even though only they just opened the new brewery in 2013, right. they're hitting the ground running with this is phenomenal. That's, you know what, Derek? That's work. an excellent territory that oh, they yeah. are working uh, in building out of. Uh, eight different states. You heard what yeah, I right believe it was Jim or Dave, there. Maryland and Virginia and West Virginia. Can you imagine a craft brew tour through West Virginia? It would oh, have so to be phenomenal. There. Yeah. There's so much going on there and uh, breaking into the Cleveland area. So that's something you're going to have to investigate. And it is available in Pennsylvania. Yeah, they're, they're all, like you said, they're all throughout Pennsylvania. So Definitely. anywhere, no matter where you're at, you can find this in PA, which is that's the one thing that's nice in this area. You know, we have a lot of great craft beer, and there's sure. more coming through all the time. And a lot of a lot of brewing companies focus on Pennsylvania, yeah. and that's because we I have mean, the, the Philly market, and definitely. then right off the Philly market, they come up to here, which is nice. Like we it's have it's going something on. that's on their target when they have a new brew. Or if it's a new company, everybody wants to come on their way through New England or working from the east toward the west. Uh, definitely make sure that they get their Pennsylvania love. And that's because there's a lot of great craft brewers, uh, wannabe craft brewers in this area. And I don't mean want to be in a negative oh, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean it in a blossoming kind of way. They're hopeful. And a lot of people that love craft beer. Um, right there, we have like a rich you. history with it. I mean, we, we've had you know the Stegmeyers on before. Definitely, like, you know, that that's there's a rich history in this area of a lot of great breweries that were around, and some still are. And Pennsylvania, especially this part of Pennsylvania, is definitely on their map. And another place in Pennsylvania, if you want to get some craft beer or domestic or import, stop by my friends. Uh, Eric at the convenient market, the Grey Ghost Beer. Ask him to tell you a funny joke. He's got some great ones. Sit down, read up on your beers, choose one, build yourself a four-pack, build yourself a six.
six-pack. Wouldn't hurt you to try a Grey Ghost beer as well. Get that funny joke and bring home some pizza right there on Main Street in Avoca, 600 block there. I'll call it 610. I believe that's what the address is. And uh, don't be deceived just by the convenience store market. It's a lot more than a convenient market. And great pizza, great food to take home to the family and bring yourself, I don't know, a couple six-packs. What's the legal limit? You can only bring, what, two six-packs out at a time or it's something like that? 192 ounces. I think I think that's what Pennsylvania is. Wow. So uh, I think that's three six packs. So wouldn't from, that be cool? Do, I don't it, even know. It, I'm not doing math right now. <laughs> no, let's not do math. And you got to prep yourself because, like uh, Jim and Dave were saying, you have so you have some a big boys, big boys that, to yeah. handle. So let's uh, stop dilly dallying. We'll take a break here on uh, the Beer Geeks Radio Hour and WILK News Radio. Built for business. Your business depends on the internet, but who does your internet depend on? Your human resources director slash marketing manager slash IT person slash aren't you busy enough already? Well, there's a more dependable way to depend on your internet. Comcast Business has vetted and trained more than 1,700 dedicated business specialists to keep your business up and running 24-7, 365. Business specialists specializing in your business slash internet slash Wi-Fi slash success slash you. And if you switch to Comcast Business Internet today, they're giving you a 30-day money-back guarantee with speeds up to 150 megabits per second and better value. It's a pretty smart call. Speaking of calling, here's the number. 800-501-6000. That's 800-501-6000. Or visit ComcastBusiness.com. Comcast Business. Built for business. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. I know what you're thinking. I'm sitting in a bar. I'm all alone. Yeah, and okay, I'm a dog and I'm only three. But you know what? That's not all that important. I'll show you what is. Hey, Rocco. Yes, Bruno. Don't give me the usual. I want to try something new. Try this hands-alone lager. It's delicious. Oh, that's good. Next time you're out, don't order the same old beer. Break the habit. Try Anzalone Special Beer. Change your habits, change your world. Anzalone Special Beer. Hey, folks, last month something really special happened on the show. As part of Mahindra Tractor's Military Appreciation Program, they gave a brand new tractor to one very deserving listener who had served our country. This month, my friends at Mahindra Tractors are serving you with special dealer day savings. How special? Well, how about nearly $5,000 cash back when you combine Power Package Savings and the Mahindra Pride Program or enjoy zero interest for an incredible 84 months? And don't forget Mahindra's five-year warranty. So get the savings you deserve and care for the land that you love with the world's number one selling tractor, Mahindra. Learn more at MahindraUSA.com. Take advantage of rock-bottom prices and test drive a Mahindra today at TPC Power Center in Bloomsburg. Or visit TractorPartsCorp.com. That's TractorPartsCorp.com. All right. Inagata DeVita. <laughs> it is mighty psychedelic in here. Oh, we're the shiny relaxed. flags and the Jack's Northeast music, disco ball up ahead, spinning around. 
Looking all kinds of good. And an 11.5% beer in the glass. So don't make it a little psychedelic. Big comedy <laughs> show tonight. Big comedy show. Before I let you take on these beers, and you will be taking on I'll these try. beers, Dirty Derek. Big comedy show at the Radisson featuring the Reverend Bob Levy. Great show going on. Starts at 6.30. Also, my good friend Eddie Allen on the bill. And uh, tickets are still available for that. If you want to check out some killer comedy in downtown Scranton tonight, you want to stop in. They got a great lineup. Also, Bonnie McFarlane's going to be on the bill. A lot of these people are in Comedy Central. Howard Stern, you'll know them when you see them. Rob Babcock is going to be on the bill as well. Go in, stop down, check it out. Give me a blast if you want to get some tickets for it as well. I'll hook you up big time because that's how I roll, player. I got everybody hooked up, Dirty Derek. So check out some comedy. Make that happen. Good time uh, with my friends that are going to be on that bill tonight at the Radisson. Going to be a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of fun. Derek, are you ready to take this on? Because we don't have a lot of time. No, and we don't have Billy, and we don't have Polish Ed to help suck up the access. Yeah, no, I got to take this on myself. So access. what we're, we're getting into now, now, this is from Duclaw, which is nice. that This is actually an aged one. Uh, this is from 2014. This is their Retribution, uh, an Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels. It's 11.5%, which is, is right around that nice point because, you know, sometimes you get a little too heavy-handed with the bourbon, and uh, it kind of takes away from that, and you get that really strong alcohol heat coming through, which I am not a fan of, and that's when you want to let it age for a little bit. Now, you know, I didn't have this fresh. This is from 2014. They do this every year. It's released every October, uh, which is nice to have that. And, and this actually, from the first couple of sips I had, is so incredibly smooth and just perfect. Like, this is a perfect kind of age. It actually, to me, it tastes like almost aged a little bit longer, um, but it's only got a year on it, but just there's none of that heat coming through. Really smooth. You get all those wonderful notes of like some dark chocolate, a little bit of coffee. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of coconut coming through, which is nice too. It, it, it's uh, something that can, when when there's coconut to me, it kind of uh, almost point that hand in hand with a lot of alcohol heat because that's when it's really fresh. But having this is just just so incredible. And it's nice too. Like looking at their, I was checking on the site to see how they they said it. And each bottle, there you know, it's taken from the individual runs from each barrel. So I mean, the bottles in and of themselves are very unique because they're taken right from the barrel. So you get a lot of different accentuations of, of flavor profiles dependent upon the barrel. And we've talked about barrels on here numerous times, with like Lauren Salazar from New Belgium and all, and all the different flavors. And come on, there's a lot of science that goes involved involved with that but no this is really nice and this to me honestly rivals some of those really sought after you know the kbs from founders uh the bourbon county stout from goose island those are beers that people go crazy for and i feel like sometimes a lot of those beers that, that take on the limelight overshadow some of these other beers that are just as good if not better and that's what I love seeing this when you have one of these. You know, Duclaw is really known for their Sweet Baby Jesus. I remember when that came out, uh, you could not find that on the shelves anywhere. I'm sure it was similar in every market they went into. That was the beer that everybody gravitated towards. But this is absolutely phenomenal. And I have not really seen this one batted around in a lot of places uh, as far as, you know, I'm not into the beer trading and all that stuff. I've said that on here before. But uh, this is one I, I could see being on there that's just as good as those KBS, as I said, in Bourbon County that everyone's, you know, pooping themselves trying to get a hold of. <laughs> so if somebody put this up that they had a case to go for something else, there'd be a lot of buyers there probably. There should be. There should yeah. be. This is one I think that doesn't have, to me, I mean, this this is just me speaking in this market. I haven't seen this one batted around a lot. It, it might be. That doesn't mean it's not. But to me, this one should be really lifted up a lot higher. I should, I should that. be hearing this a lot more. Are yeah. you enjoying that? It's very enjoyable. And it's nice, too, because it doesn't have... I don't like beers that have the alcohol heat. Like, I, I don't mind yeah. a high-alcohol beer to relax or anything, but I don't like having that burn after. And it's nice at 11.5%. 
I there's no heat. And this is so wow. smooth, incredibly smooth with all these things. And and it's nice they release it every year. So I mean, this is one you can kind of pick up every year and do one of those vertical tastings that we've done on here before and just see where this beer ages out right. and see what flavors go and, and develop. And it, it's just really nice. Like I, I like having that bourbon barrel flavor profile without the bourbon barrel heat. And that's something, you know, you can't really get around it sometimes. Um, what was it? We had... Um, Oh, I can't think of the name now. When we were talking about Woot Stout from, from Stone, we had someone on it. This is a while ago. Yeah. And uh, he was saying about like, they did an experiment where they just put water in a bourbon <laughs> barrel and it really sapped up some of those right. flavors. I mean, it depends on the barrel, how fresh that is, what those flavors are going to come through. And it's nice when it's kind of a slightly used, it has the flavors, but it's not dominant and it's not killing the beer where it's basically bourbon with a little bit of beer in it. And so is this a beer you would have to say you'd have to be careful with, Derek? Because uh, if you're I, not getting that... Yeah, if you're not getting that heat, you're not getting that warning. And that that's the important. That's the one thing that that heat will serve a purpose for. It will give you it's a warning. warning. Like, yeah, yeah, don't don't screw with this too much cuz you wind up in the bathroom with no pants on. Well, We've talked about that. There's worse place to, places to wind up without well, any pants when, on. When you're alone, then okay. it, it's, that's not a good place. All right. All right, so now I just cracked open the the really big boy. The bad big boy. This is uh, from 2011. This is a really special beer that they do. Uh, They have only brewed it in 2006, 2011, and again in 2014. So it's just a real rarity, and it it kind of uh, fluctuates in the ABV. That's the other thing you'll notice with some of these bigger beers. If you, when you're picking them up, if you're going to do one of those vertical tastings, you might see on the label side by side each year the ABV changes like right. that. That's something that happens, and that really shows that this is a craft thing because the yeast will, you know, kind of peter out at some point and yeah. stop producing any of those alcohol and uh, the, the alcohol notes and everything coming through. So the ABV won't right. get as high. So you'll see that in some of these side by sides. And with this one, I think last uh, 2014 version was tw- uh, 17.3%. The 2011 version that I have right here, this is 21%. <laughs> so this is a lot more damaging to me than last year's would have been. But this is an American Strong Ale. Now, I have not had this one before, and this was a really special thing that they like sent up right. just for the show to be able to talk about, just to really showcase. That's one thing that's great when you see these breweries get into doing some of these beyond crazy beers. I don't think I could even describe <laughs> it that way. I mean, you, when you're pushing something up to 21% alcohol... Right. Yeah, you know, we'll see. And they have on here, like, you know, no alcohol is introduced to packaging, and nor is it distilled. Like, this is just, this is beer. So we're, we're going we're gonna to take a sip now, and I'm going to see where this goes, because I have not tried this one before. All right, let's do it. There's there's no, wow, this, there's no alcohol, mate. This, this kind of blows my mind. I'm sorry, I'm a little quiet, but this is like, there there's no even on the back end, like I'm, there's no alcohol heat on this. This is absolutely incredible. There's like some really subtle notes of like caramel, some kind of like apples. It's just this is incredibly smooth, but it's just there. There's no alcohol heat. Oh. I'm still kind of like waiting for it to kick me. There's nothing. This is this is what I will say is absolutely incredible and dangerous. Isn't even the word because if you're getting into twenty one percent. Alcohol. I think the only other one we've had on here that rivaled this in ABV that was around the same was the Sam Adams Utopias, and we had Jim Cook on from Sam. Yeah, and like that, that was, was around great. the same. And uh, but this is right up there, and there's no heat coming through. Still kind of waiting for it, and there, there's nothing, and it's unbelievable because that's something 
that really showcases the talents that they have down there. I mean, Jim, you know, and his Brewers, right. they they know what they're doing. To to have something like this and not have the heat come through, I mean, that that takes a lot of skill to do something like that because that's not an easy matter to do. Because I mean, you have some beers like we've all had them. We've had beers that are you know nine percent where you start getting alcohol heat coming through because you know there's. Yeah, I don't want to insult anybody, but you know that that skill level isn't there to be able to do. But when you're getting into something, it is like what this, it is, Derek. Yeah, and, and it's just when you're getting into doing something this high in alcohol, and you're not having that heat come through, that's absolutely incredible. And this this is like a really wonderful, you know, almost like having like a nice cognac or something right. at the end of the day to just kind of relax, like a really soothing liqueur. Um, I mean, it's definitely still a beer. It doesn't get into that range. You know, Utopias, and we had that. That was one of those beers that it's kind of questionable. Mm. Is it still a beer? I would definitely still say this is a beer. Um, you know, it's not overly carbonated, but it, it still definitely tastes and comes across as a beer and not getting into that, that uh, you know, questionable territory of, of what is it. But, I mean, this is absolutely phenomenal. If, if you find anything from Duclaw that if you find a bottle of Retribution or Colossus, Pick it up. Absolutely, I will tell you right now, you need to pick these up. Uh, if you only know the brewery for Sweet Baby Jesus, you are missing out on some other wonderful beers that they have, and this being one of them, this is phenomenal. Derek, it's really cool when you try a beer that you have never had and you really enjoy it, isn't oh, it? It's, it's a good feeling. You're just, <laughs> you're, especially when it's this high in alcohol, yeah. you're like, oh, wow, okay. Because that was the one thing. Sometimes I get some of the beers that are like high like that. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to do right. this live and have it just go south. Because <laughs> that's just, you know, but this, no, this is phenomenal. It's Absolutely. something you definitely do not want to yeah. do. It, it's a heartbreaker when you do so. So score for Derek today, man. The big beer he's been waiting to try that he waited for the show actually worked out. And he had a fabulous interview as well, too. So, oh, so much. A thumbs up, two thumbs up. For uh, Duclaw Brewing I, I, Company. I loved Duclaw before, but now I absolutely love them. They're good guys and, and really great beers, and they have so many things going on. And like you said, they have more things coming up, but they're going to be coming out. I'm also them. kind of, I'm a little bummed out that they could not enjoy this together. Yeah. You trying that beer uh, would have been a fabulous thing. I'm sure they would have been greatly pleased, and they might even still be listening at this moment. I know they definitely will be able to listen, Dirty Derek. Yeah, we'll get the podcast going. Oh, up. We'll yeah. Let's get in there. You know, I want to plug something that's coming up this Do week. Do it up, man. Do it up. Since Backyard Billy's not here, uh, you know, Backyard Ale House every Tuesday, they do those wonderful five for five tastings, and cool. it's nice to be down there for those. And uh, they're doing this week, though, a really super special one uh, where they are doing Dogfish Head 120 minute IPA right. and Oscar Blues 1050 Imperial Stout, two of the most sought after beers. But then what they're also doing, you're going to get a four ounce sample of each of those, and then you're also going to get a four ounce sample of each of those that's going to be served in a French press with hardwood chips soaked in bullet rye whiskey. Wow. Yeah. That's a big to do. Like that, those are beers just in and of itself. If you got, you know, and that's only going to be five bucks, you're going to get that for five bucks. 120 minute IPA, like that bottle alone, like you're gonna you're making your money back. Yeah, this is something that you do not want to miss. It's gonna be Tuesday, seven to nine. So go. Derek, down will you check. be there? I will absolutely be there. <laughs> yeah, this I feel is a, foolish a, asking after <laughs> you answered like that, that, buddy. That's a that's a big to do. I mean, those are great beers uh, that have a loyal following, and just to have that served up that way is gonna be really incredible and unique. And uh, speaking of unique, next week we have an yeah. awesome show again. We have Dave Engers from Founders Brewing Company. Remember, when don't we have an awesome show? 
show. That is true. That is true. But we have uh, Founders Brewing Company on next. We've been talking to owner Dave Engers, and we're getting a bottle of KBS we're going to be working through, one of the most sought-after beers in the country, and uh, a lot to talk about with them, about another stellar brewery. And we have we are actually booked now through August with incredible breweries, uh, some real up-and-comers, right. some really known uh, staple brands. And just a lot of great things to work through and a lot of cool things we cover in the summer as we get into the fall. And then we get into all the fun stuff that fall brings that we all love and enjoy. Pumpkins. We get the pumpkins and the horror movies. We're going to be covering a lot of cool stuff. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. I can't... I don't want to rush our life away because we're just getting into yeah. the kick here of summer. We're all very much looking forward to it. I guess that's pretty much my uh, that's book. Our signal. Well, Backyard Billy's not here. I hope Ed's having a good time, man. I hope they have some classy dumpsters out there in New England who's looking for his beer. He'll be back as well. But Backyard Billy, good luck if you're listening out there, Bill. I guess you weren't going to make it. Safe travels. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Dirty Derek, thank you for putting together another fabulous Beer Geeks radio uh, hour here on WILK. Everybody out there on Fast Freddy, consider yourselves dealt with.